in the unsung history of justifiably obscure rock and roll bands featuring the Dazzle Dudes. I'm your instructor, Freaky Dink Finger Hut, the big guy with a hairy eye. There will be a pop quiz afterwards. So, we find the dudes toiling away on recording their as-yet-untitled first album at Bud Carney's Carnival Sounds Recording Studio, a converted hardware store that seemed not to have been cleaned since Eisenhower, but did keep his gear in reasonable working order, and more importantly for most people, his rates was ridiculously low. Bud Carney had made a lot of claims about his life, and most were completely unverifiable. He claimed to know everybody in the country music business who was, as he put it, quote, worth knowing, unquote. But even his grasp of country music as a genre seemed to have skidded to a halt somewhere around 1966. For instance, by the time the Dazzle Dudes formed, Outlaw Country was on the rise and Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson was leading the charge. But to Bud... Willie Nelson was a little guy with a funny voice who wrote crazy for Patsy Cline, and Waylon Jennings had been Buddy Holly's last bass player and was Johnny Cash's roommate. That was Bud's take. I did a little checking on Bud's past, and I found out something surprising. Bud's daddy, Royston Carney, had been a fairly successful businessman in Atlanta in the early 20th century. He was friends with a rich old man named Asa Candler, who had been the mayor of Atlanta for a few years. Asa offered to sell Roy Carney some shares in a soda pop company that he was an owner in, and Roy bought them. Yep, you guessed it. That soda pop was called Coca-Cola. So all this is to say that Bud Carney was what we might call in our contemporary vernacular a trustafarian. He didn't have to worry about money one little bit, which is why Carnival Sounds never turned a profit and never needed to, and why he could charge next to nothing for his studio time. Really, it was just a place where he could come, hang out with musicians, and drink until he passed out. As a result, his studio's reputation spread pretty far in Georgia back then because it was so cheap, anybody could afford it. Anybody. So at Carnival Sounds on this particular day, there was the Dazzle Dudes, myself, Jeter Lewis, whose daddy Skeeter of Skeeter's Auto Salvage was footing the bill for the record, Bud Carney himself, and Fletcher Lafayette, manager of radio station WTFH, where I was DJ. Having Fletcher there was a treat because of his engaging personality and because he generally stayed behind the scenes. Although he was as strong a supporter of the band as anybody. Now, Connie Cochran, who was Dude's drummer Jimmy's mama, 
had been at a recent session, and she and Jesse, the singer with whom she had a special relationship, had had a bit of a tiff when she visited. Jimmy, who had always been mortified by this relationship, was delighted and saw this as his opportunity to enthusiastically deflate Jesse's ego, which was considerable. Like I said way back, if you've ever met a rock singer, well, they're usually bastards. Well, hello, everyone, and what a pleasure to see you all. And in such fine fettle to be. Hey, Fletcher. Hey, Fletcher. Fletcher. Hey, Fletcher. Hey, Fletcher. Is that Flipper the fan I see him down there? Hey, Flip, good to see you. Nice bandana. Hello, bud. Good to see you again. It's Fletcher, by the way, and this is an ascot. Right, right. Sorry. Hey, skinny man, where's that pretty little ma of yours today? Is she dropping in? Hey, bud, look, man. No, bud, my mama, Mrs. Connie Cochran, is busy with one of her wealthier clients. She owns her own very successful interior decorated company, as you must surely know, and is a busy woman. Very busy. Too busy for lots of things. Well, that sure is a shame. I was hoping she was part of the deal. <laughs> You tell her from me that old Bud says she's welcome here anytime. She's a real sweetie. Son of a bitch. Okay, well, everybody, let's get right to it, huh? Now, um, Jesse, what's today the day you want to cut Lady Be My Lady? Have I got that right? No. Well, Jesse, I mean, that's one of our key songs, right? I mean, it's our only love ballad. That's important. Not in the mood today. Well, Jesse, what with this being show business and all, you know what they say. The show must go on. Not into it. Neither rain nor snow nor gloom of night shall. That's the fucking post office. Hey, man, man, it's cool. Let's let's just try powertrain. Yeah, yeah. Fucking powertrain. I don't feel like singing. Oh, well, whatever. session was going on during daylight hours on a Saturday, which was unusual for Bud Carney since he was normally sleeping one off until dark. But this was a day when Bud had some special guests from out of town. I gotta interrupt you fellas a minute. I got some boys here from up north who want a tourist studio. They say they, say they may want to make a bunch of records here. They just got here, and I'm going to bring them in there to look around. Oh, no. Well, looky here. If it ain't our old pals, the dicky dudes. Look who's with them. Well, hello, Flincher. Why, what a surprise. Hello, gentlemen. Mr. Munn, Mr. Tander. What brings you to Carnival Sounds? Well, you know, we heard your boys was here making what was supposed to be our record with them. 
And we figure, you know, this must be the best studio in town, huh? Well, something like that, yes. And if it's good enough for the Dazzles, it's good enough for the Rock Buddies. Am I right? I'm sure that's true. It is, after all, the free market economy. Yeah, so we'll be bringing the Rock Buddies to town to cut their debut album right here. Also, just so you know, that Battle of the Bands doohickey you got coming up. Yeah, well, we got the Rock Buddies a spot on it. A little friendly competition, yeah? I see. We want to, you know, grease the skids for their success in these parts. Mm -hmm. You probably know a little about greasing stuff, am I right, pal? Sure. You know, as I recall, last we spoke, you told us that myself and my associate, Mr. Tandy here, shouldn't show our faces around here anymore. I believe you described Mr. Tanda as a robot and a gangster, which is tantamount to insulting a disabled person, as it was clearly a reference to his affliction. Yes, admittedly, I spoke hastily in response to what I perceived as coarse remarks from you. I, I deeply regret my words, and I offer my sincere apology to both of you, particularly you, Mr. Tander. I, I genuinely hope that we can forget the contentious past and move forward in a friendlier manner. Uh, yeah, friendly. See, the problem is you ain't our friend, homo. And you threatened us. We don't take threats lightly where I come from. We got a few friends up north come down here and have a little talk with you. Well, since you have once again revealed your true natures, let me respond this way. I don't take threats lightly either, nor do I appreciate your pitiful attempts to repeatedly insult me. So why don't we take this outside right now and settle it like men? Oh, 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 you're calling me out? Oh, buddy, boy, you do not know who you're fucking with. Let me just tell you something. Now, you listen to me, you slimy little shit here. Hey, get the fuck off me, you creep. You're slobbering all over my new suit. Who the hell do you think you are? I'm Jeter Lewis from Skeeter's Auto Salvage. What the fuck? I'm paying for the dudes to make this album. Well, my daddy is. And it's going to be the first release on my brand new record label, Crush Records. And you're interrupting the process. Crush Records. <laughs> what a laugh. You ever heard of Picnic Records, Sonny? Yeah, seen your shit all over Channel 17 late at night. Records by folk singers nobody ever heard of. Fly fishing stories from some crazy old drunk. Nobody wants that shit. Okay, little man, get Miss, the hell out of here. Mister, maybe you can't understand me on account of I got a speech impediment, but I think there's some things about the auto salvage business you might not understand. So here it is. If you and the undead godfather over there don't get the fuck out of here right this minute, I'm going to take you over to my daddy's junkyard and show you the inside of the compactor. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. We'll go. We're going. But believe me, assholes, we'll be back. 
I don't know who the fuck you think you're talking to. I've been in the record business 30 fucking years. Ever heard of Ricky Lyman and the teenagers? Come on, Ricky. Hey, cheater. Yeah, Carl. Why, what? That you, you're a serious badass. Damn. Yeah! He got the dazzle. <laughs> we bring the dazzle. Listen to episode 12 of Dazzle Dudes, which was written, recorded, and produced by Marie Attaway with additional material written by Layla Attaway. All material is copyrighted 2019. You can find Dazzle Dudes on Apple Podcasts, Android, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Radio Public at DazzleDudes.com <laughs> and all other places you can possibly think of. We sure do appreciate you listening to this podcast. And we sure would appreciate it if you told a friend. We'd appreciate it if you told somebody you just really can't even stand. Just get them listening and subscribing. Appreciate you. Keep on keeping on.